Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. You know, we always try to start off with some good news on Happy Hour before we go to the dark side, which is usually like 45 seconds in. Okay. But I do have, I learned something new in the White House press briefing the other day. I don't know if you're aware of this. You probably are. But did you know that there's something called a draw in a presidential election? Oh, well, that's certainly new. I thought I thought you were going to say that there's such a thing as the peaceful transfer of power <laughs> since we haven't, haven't seen that for four years. Right. So um, we'll just kick off with today's the hourly outrage of the uh, day, which is Trump's offhanded remarks in a press presser. Was it yesterday? Two days ago? Yeah, it was yesterday when he was confronted by the contemptible lowlife Brian Karam, who is also the guy, if you'll remember, who confronted. He got in Seb, Seb right? He right. got in that fight with Seb. So why this guy is still allowed, except that Trump has that like side of him that likes to be abused. And so he allows this idiot in the briefing room. So Brian Karam, who works for Playboy and always looks like a drunk, unmade bed, asked about if Trump would accept a peaceful transferal of power, win, lose or draw. What? So I don't even know what that means. I don't think Brian Karam does either. It's you know, how many times have they asked Joe Biden that question? And you know what? There's more reason to ask Joe Biden that question than there is to ask Trump, because Hillary Clinton literally came out and said that under no circumstances should he concede the election. So has anyone said, uh, Vice President Biden, do you plan on conceding if you lose? All of these questions, these little weird questions we get about this are all premised on the idea that Trump's going to lose. There's no questions that are premised on that Trump's going to win. It's just so biased. Well, Liz, they would ask Joe Biden, but his workday is over at 7.38 a.m. It's it's over after the Weedabix, his morning Weedabix and, and Sure Shake. And it's like nap time. That's true. Yeah. So um, but for our listener, the backstory to these comments about peaceful transfer of power. First, we can get into that there still is no such thing. We, this is, you know, almost four years later, there was no peaceful transfer of power. The Democrats, the deep staters, the derp staters, as you call them, are still in power in Washington and fighting this president every step of the way. So that's a joke. But also the flip side is that organizations like the Transition Integrity Program Project, protect the results, which we've talked about and I've covered, um, they are legitimately planning and plotting scenarios for post-November civil war to make sure that Joe Biden takes the White House, even if Donald Trump is legitimately elected. Right. So this they're trying to set up, that it's not they who are planning a not peaceful transfer of power. It's Donald Trump and they simply will be reacting to him. That's the setup. Right. There's no 
there's no scenario where Trump wins. It, it's it, it it's all this conversation, all this energy, all this plotting is focused around Trump not winning and then Trump refusing to leave. So I just right. because they actually have one scenario where the Oval on January. 20th there's still no declared winner because as we know they're going to drag this out with mail-in voting and extending election day now up to 14 days in some states collecting the ballots certifying them the legal fights etc so this is actually what they are plotting then trump makes a comment like that unfortunately kind of feeds into their narrative but at the same time also raises the he needs to sound every alarm bell that this is what the resistance is is plotting yeah no it is it's that's why they put this out there is to like get the public used to the idea that trump is going to protect claim he won when he didn't right so what that will do is if he wins it will further undermine him and prime people for like a fight or to spend the next four years of the trump second trump turn arguing about legitimacy right which they do right they did it in 2000 couldn't really do it in 20 i mean when was last time putin Putin i mean they still think he's a putin asset and they still say hands up don't shoot so i mean you know speaking of let's uh you have been following the brianna taylor case very closely we now have yet another police shooting myth uh deconstructed this week. I know that you've been following that. I really haven't. So why don't you explain what happened this week? Well, Lex, um, Louisville shut down. Like they put out the word last week that they were shutting everything down this week because they knew that there was going to be an announcement, which should give you some idea of what they knew would happen. And I don't even know if the reaction would be different if the people got what they wanted out of the, 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 the decision to, to, of who to charge. The, what was on the table was what was going to happen to these police officers that were involved in the killing of Breonna Taylor. Now, one of the most notable things, I think a lot of people were really shocked when they watched this press conference with the uh, Attorney General of Kentucky, who I might I might say is quite impressive. He was a speaker at the RNC. His name is Daniel Cameron. And apparently the MSNBC people think that because he spoke at the RNC, he should not be allowed to do his job. Like he's less legitimate because he appeared at the RNC, even though he was properly elected into office. This kind of a theme with the left is they don't recognize, you know, people vote. That's the winner. He's the attorney general. He's doing his job. So he came out and people were really surprised when they listened to the facts that the attorney general told them that were surrounding this case because we have been told so many lies. In a way, um, the actual truth was has always been out there. It just wasn't it what didn't spread. Um, I in August, the local Uh, Louisville paper, the Courier Journal, wrote a really long piece about this. They had done FOIAs, they'd gotten documents, they'd gotten recordings, and they really, I was shocked on the floor because 
everything in this article was exactly the opposite of what we were told. We mm. were told that Brianna Taylor was shot in her bed. We were told they they did a no knock raid on the wrong house. Um, we were told that um, you know she was just uh, she smelled like potpourri and daisies and unicorn farts. Well, it turns out that that's not exactly true. That they were at the right house. It was her name on the search warrant. It wasn't a no-knock raid. It was they knocked and announced the her new boyfriend who was with her claims and claims they did not hear the police say that they were the police, but they did hear the knocking on the door. So I don't know. But one of the most fascinating things that people don't know is really some more information about Breonna Taylor. And this morning, Annie McCarthy wrote a really good piece, and I'm just going to read a little bit of it, this part that kind of summarizes Brianna Taylor's relationship with um, the this drug dealer who was also one of her ex-boyfriend, who was one of the targets in this, the raid. When Brianna Taylor's house was served, there were also other locations. It was part of like a drug ring that was getting busted. So this is what, um, this is, let me just read it to Andy McCarthy is a great little summary here. He writes, in fact, after they um, became, became a couple, this is her ex drug dealer boyfriend in 2016, Taylor agreed to rent a car for Glover. That was his name his last name, and for her trouble, ended up interviewed in a murder investigation. A man was shot to death behind the steering wheel of that car, and drugs were found in it. Glover was connected to the decedent through an associate, but was not charged in the case. In the years that followed, Glover was repeatedly arrested on drug charges, and Brianna Taylor arranged bail for him and one of his confederates in at least two occasions. Weeks, weeks, weeks. Before the fateful March 2020 raid, when Glover was in custody after yet another arrest, they were recorded exchanging intimacies on the phone. After that, police surveillance established that Glover continued to make regular trips to Taylor's apartment, and Taylor herself was seen outside a house investigators say were part of the drug trafficking operations. Glover and his co-conspirators were said to be operating a series of trap houses, which means drug house, for stashing illegal drugs, crack, marijuana, prescription pills they were unauthorized to peddle. At the time of Glover's arrest in late 2019, police observed narcotic pickups, had informant information describing crack sales, and executed search warrants that yielded crack eight guns, and a surveillance system commonly used by drug, distrib drug distribution organizations to defeat police detection. So this idea that this was just some rando person, mm. that they, the police picked some random black woman to terrorize, it's just not true. There were three police officers. The, the police officer, um, two of the police officers were not charged with anything at all, including the one who shot and killed Brianna. Now, the officers shot into the house. They knocked on the door. They said that they were police. Some people say they didn't. They Some people say that the, the gentleman that was there disagrees and said that he did not hear them say they were police. The um, 
district they, district attorney had independent witnesses say that they heard them announce. They kicked in the door and standing in the hallway in front of the cops was this man mm. in a stance with a gun pointing at them right there. So it wasn't a bunch of people shocked, like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? They were standing there. They were ready. Her her boyfriend shot at one of the police officers. They shot him in the thigh. He was almost mortally wounded. And and then the, there was fire. Fire was returned. And that is when Brianna Taylor died. So the police officers fired into the apartment after they were shot at. Um, the third officer who wasn't actually there or one of the officers who wasn't, I think, right there was sort of indiscriminately shooting outside the apartment. It sounds like it wasn't a great idea. And he was charged with wanton wanton recklessness. But, of course, all of these people are outraged. They're rioting because they want these cops charged with murder. And they really the police, as the as, as the district attorney explained yesterday when he was talking about the grand jury results. And again, this was a grand jury. This wasn't a decision of the prosecutor. A grand jury made the decision of what what charges should or shouldn't be brought. And he said we once when the police are shot at. They're in the clear to defend themselves. They're not just going to sit there and take gunfire. And that was the situation. So we had some riots. We had riots in Lexington, although the the tolerance for that shit is much lower than in like a Portland. Um, but there was a lot of issues. Two cops were shot last night in in Portland. So a lot of people have no idea of what the real details of this case were. And it's really unfortunate because now we're going to have even the civil unrest is going to keep going. You've seen the big Brian say her name. Mm-hmm. Right. These people don't know any details about it. it. It's just really the this is the media's fault who whose job it is to check the propagandists. Right. They're out there. The, there's advocacy groups and there's people that are always going to be advocating for a position um, or for political advancement or a public affairs issue. But the media is supposed to be there to check that. And the media doesn't do that anymore. So off they go, perpetrating the lie. And it was really bad. I, I heard some clips from MSNBC last night. And, you know, they're just like, this is no justice. Now white people can kill black people. They say this all the time. Right. Whatever. I mean, how many white people fire at police and they don't fire back? It doesn't matter what color you are. That's right. <laughs> Firing at the cops. You're going to get fired. You're going to shoot right back at you. But Liz, um, so thank you. That was a really detailed explanation of the case. I haven't followed it. Um, But so what you are describing is very helpful to a lot of people who don't know that. The problem now, and my question for you is this whole no knock warrant thing was so accepted. Even Senate Republicans made that part of their criminal justice reform package, which it should be. But they specifically tied it to this case. So uh, there's no way to walk this back now, right? Well, it's interesting because even in July, CNN reported and it got just ignored that 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 they were given authorization to do a no knock raid. But then they were told before they left, you don't. We don't think it's a it's a 
hot situation. So you probably don't need to do that. And it's it's interesting if you to think about the the details because if we if you want to believe that the cops did not say they're cops, that's instantly escalating the situation. And police officers do not want to escalate a situation. They're already in a high stress situation. They don't know what they're going to find on the other side of the door. You know, if they could say, "Hey, we're cops. Open the door," and someone opens the door, that's much more likely to be peaceful than if they have to kick in the door. So why would they do that? But you are right. Even though that information was out there and that they didn't they didn't just bust in the door and scare the scare the shit out of people. After all, there were two people in the hallway ready for the the for the cops to break the door down. So it it wasn't a no knock raid, but you know, everybody wants to be woke. They want to be they want to be they want to seem reasonable. They don't want to say, look, sorry, you know, this is it's a tragedy. It is that this woman was killed. It, it there's there's no doubt that that it's a, it's a tragedy but that doesn't mean that the response is a bunch of people need to go to jail and we need to name a bill after her because it's not even accurate right. as to what happened and i oppose no knock raids by the way i think you do too well i mean you and i've talked about this we are not you know cop never have been cop what you would call cop lovers I mean I have we're not cop friendly <laughs> oh I mean now we are my husband laughs he's like I can't believe it took all of this to make you love police officers <laughs> I'm like well isn't that true that I never thought I would be I, I mean I would never hurt a police officer and I'm always very respectful but now I, I feel I have to take up this cause because the other side is just absolutely bananas well they are and I mean I'm sure all of us have had run-ins with police officers when they're unjustifiably rude or they're going after things that they don't really need to. Like, I mean, we've all had those experiences, but this is takes it to a whole other level. And when you are watching these police officers being forced to take a knee as they're trying to de-escalate situations like after George Floyd or obviously what's happening in Portland, Seattle. I mean, attacking police officers with baseball bats. There was just another video this week. And then obviously what happened in Louisville last night, two police officers shot. Um, you know, these cops are now being hunted. And so that that's a whole different situation than, you know, someone pulls you out for pulls you over for a taillight. Like, you know, go find some real crime. Well, also... <laughs> Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, um, these protesters in the media, they, they keep saying, well, it's just protesting, it's protesting, but you don't bring a shield and a helmet and like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a flagpole and weapons and these medieval homemade, uh, you know, clubs with nails sticking out of them to protest. When you see these people, it's, I'm sorry, that is. In no way does that look like a protest. That looks like someone looking for trouble. And it, it's amazing that they they can get away with pretending that these are just people angry about, you know, some injustice and they want their voice to be heard. They're throwing firecrackers. You know, again, as much as we both were skeptical, I guess skeptical, you know, kind of not super cop friendly, these, th- th- they don't. They're not martyrs. They don't. They shouldn't be killed. They shouldn't be blown up. They shouldn't have fire explosives thrown at them. This is just crazy. 
Yeah, so um, it, it looks like what happened in Louisville last night, I don't know if it's dying down. Um, I know like Chicago and other cities were preparing for more riots, peaceful, quote, po- protests. So I, does it look like to you that Louisville, things have settled down? We'll just go into another night, another week. Uh, oh, yeah. Where's that headed? Okay. Oh, I think it's going to continue. I don't, okay. I, I do. I do. Because a lot of these people, they're just jacked up on disinformation and they're, and uh, you, you know, you have a mix. You know, I think during the day you do have people that are, they have grievances. Maybe they're misinformed, but the, you know, they have grievances and they're upset. I'm, I'm not worried about those people, but there are people that are angry enough to get violent. And there are people that are professional protesters as we saw that footage you see that footage of the u-haul truck where yes there's a a video of a u-haul truck right near the courthouse and the back door opened and all the people ran in and started taking out signs and shields and all their tools and you know their protest slash riot Mm -hmm. tools you know so i think there's there's those people that are always looking to make trouble and so I, I, I think it's going to keep going. And also because, you know, there's still activities that are, are prevented because of, of COVID. So really it's the only, it's the only thing that you kind of can do, even though you aren't supposed to do it because if you are a church or um, a Trump rally, you certainly mm-hmm. couldn't have that many people outside. Right. Of course not. Unless you are going to pay your specs to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Apparently that's going to be okay too. I I don't know. but Yes. Well, that was very informative. Um, and, you know, we keep seeing the same pattern though over and over. It's so frustrating. It was the same thing with the George Floyd um, death. You know, the immediate narrative went out. Um, obviously the violence and death destruction that followed, you had Republicans who were repeating this accepted story about what happened to George Floyd. And then the facts start to come out, but it's too late. It's too late to undo the damage and it's already baked in. People don't want to know the truth. They want to believe that these are, this is all part of some kind of a pattern. So it's hard to see where and if this ever ends. Well, one thing, I think social media really plays into this, whereas we would normally wait to get more information. I know as soon as I hear a breaking news story, especially if it sounds suspiciously like convenient to the left, I'm like, just wait, just let's just wait for more information. It was the same thing with the um, Covington Catholic boys, right? I heard this and I'm just like, Geez, that seems awfully convenient of a narrative that these young boys, of course, were harassing this native elder. Um, and it's just wait. But with social media, it you're really encouraged not to wait. And so then if you don't say anything, you're kind of at a distance. If you don't get involved, you know, if you don't get into the conversation, then you 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 appear to be, I don't know like lazy or tuned out or don't care enough and it shouldn't matter. You should say, I'm just waiting for more information. But in the meantime, the left takes advantage of this space to craft the narrative. And it's very difficult to combat that, especially when the media is behind them and isn't clearing it up either. 
So it's just a small group of people who are trying to get some clarity and say, hey, wait a minute, these are the facts. So right. it's 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 unfortunate. We have so many cultural myth, myths, right? Hands up, don't shoot is another good one. So, you know, this is really, it. it's really unfortunate because it's fomenting civil unrest and it's not controllable anymore. Nobody controls this. So, I mean, on the one hand, I think the more violence we have, it's actually better for Trump because, you know, he was criticized earlier for wanting to deploy the military. I mean, some some panty waste at the New York Times couldn't stand it that that, um, you know, Tom Cotton was going to write an op ed talking about whether or not the president should deploy the military for these violent riots. And but people really, you know, now we're seeing them go into the suburbs Mm-hmm. And people are like, um, you know, maybe it's not a bad idea. So Trump is kind of associated with that fist, right? What did he say that they all wet themselves? They dominate. You got to dominate the streets, and right. all those Democrats are like, oh my god, oh it's horrible. Well, <laughs> just know? like Putin would want. Exactly right. As Putin told him, tell him to dominate <laughs> the streets, right? The dictates from Putin. So. You know, I, I I don't want people to get hurt. My heart goes out to all the property destruction, the businesses right. that are just trying to get back after the COVID shutdowns. Now they're kind of allowed to open a little and then their shit just gets burned down by a group of people who go, oh, they have insurance. It's not stealing. They have insurance. And it's like, you know what? First of all, their insurance probably doesn't cover all the damage. But do you think they're going to have insurance any longer or their insurance company is going to tell them, we're not insuring people that are in right. these urban areas. Bye-bye. Wasn't there just an insurance estimate that came out about all the damage done during the peaceful protests? It was it's like $2 billion. $2 billion, right. And and counting. I mean, that can't even be an accurate number. Oh, I'm sure it's not accurate. So um, which raises the question of what we kind of talked about earlier is how this administration will prepare for the riots across the country, which the left at the Democrats and never Trumpers, thanks to billionaires like George Soros and Piero Midiar and Tom Steyer, Michael Bloomberg are preparing to fund. How does this administration tackle this kind of violence on a national basis, which we should expect after November 3rd? Oh, you mean, well, that's a that's a good question. Um, I I'm I mean, imagine sh- this happening in every single it sort of happened with George. It, Floyd, it, it kind of is. Ha- it It is. I mean, one thing to remember is that the media isn't isn't highlighting the stuff anymore the way that the way that they used to. I don't I don't think it's entirely died down. Um, look, if it's all happening at the same time in these cities, then you need to get out of the city. I mean, you need to get out of the city, especially if you live in a city where you know that this stuff has happened before. You need to get out. There's no one is going to protect you. The cops are overextended if you live in a city that still has cops, right? Like, I guess Portland isn't allowed to use tear gas. I mean, they they have very few tools at their disposal, plus the um, law enforcement brass will turn on them if they manhandle someone a little bit wrong, you know, even if they were throwing explosives at them. So I don't, 
I don't really know. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really know what to say. It's kind of like every man for himself. It kind of is. And I will tell you, even today, driving through my suburb, we're about 25 miles southwest of Chicago. I know they were planning stuff in the city last night, but I mean, parts of our mall is shut down again. There's cops everywhere. Um, So, I mean, to your point, as far as it going into the suburbs, I think that there are, I mean, it, it is, it's encroaching in a lot of different ways um, in these lawless cities that hitting the suburbs. I mean, we, I have a lot of stories here about crimes that never happened in this area before that are because of the lawlessness in the city. The criminals leave there, they go to the suburbs and they know even if they're caught, especially in Cook County, let's say that they're going to be right back on the street. So that I, it'll be interesting to see how that manifests in the election outcome. I I think the best thing people can do is contact their local law enforcement and, and, and find out and say, what are your plans? You know, if you live in a, in a suburb or in a city that maybe has its own police force, um, or even if your neighbors aren't woke, talk to them and say, Hey, you know what, you know, maybe we should consider these things. Um, that's really all you, all you can do. Um, and this would stop if there were penalties and consequences for it. And they didn't just let these people go through a revolving door. You know, if the people on the street knew that they were going to be charged a million dollars bail, right? Like, wasn't Mm -hmm. that up in Rochester where they weren't, what, what is that statement? Fuck around and find out. Yeah. Well, you want to do this? You're, now, they subsequently lowered it, unfortunately, but which they shouldn't have done. You place their bail up there and you say, we're charging you with as this most serious and there's no pleading or what, you know, you're 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 going to pay. And if you do that, there's a there's it, you're, you're de-incentivizing the violence. You, you, I'm always you know, when that, that those bailout funds started popping up saying they're going to bail out protesters. I mean, the pro if you're peacefully, if you're protesting and you're following the law and you're at the place where there's a permit and you're standing and you're holding your sign and you're chanting Kumbaya or fuck Trump or whatever the hell you people chant at your peaceful protests, you know, they're not going to get arrested. The people getting arrested are the violent people that are destroying things and setting them on fire. I mean, it's such a crock that they say, oh, this bailout fund is to help help innocent people who are just trying to let their voice be heard. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. Sorry. A lot of Whoa. Fs. A lot of Fs there. <laughs> beep. Beep. I'm not beeping. I'm more keeping them in. We'll you know what? Link. You know what we need? You know how there were all those temporary hospitals built for the overflow dead for coronavirus? Should we turn them into jails? I think we should. Oh like, God. let's turn McCormick Place, which I don't think saw one um covid patient in chicago or the javits center you know these warships that we don't need anymore because we're there's no more war apparently we could just turn those into like little floating floating get and just (laughs) and then they could just like be tossed out to sea and we don't even have to deal with these thugs well until there's consequences for this Yep. For the violence, especially setting fires. I mean, good grief. Just terrible. But 
you know, that's a local, that's a local problem. That is, it, it, it's funny how the, the same crowd of people are love federalism when it comes to giving a big middle finger to our national immigration policy. <laughs> but then they right. want to pass the buck when it's like, why is your community on fire? Where's the law and order? Then it's like also the same thing with COVID, right? They're like, it's Trump's fault. It's like Trump can't tell you, tell governors what to do. He can't tell the mayors what to do. He he has no authority to do that. So, well, I think some of them are like uh, Ron DeSantis. I know you saw his press conference the other day. And I mean, he and his, there were a few sheriffs there. They really laid out exactly their no tolerance policy for peaceful protests versus riots, looting, death, destruction, et cetera. Well, so, every, every governor, it's not even yeah. partisan to say that, you know, people live in your city, in your state. And that is one of the most fundamental elements of the government that responsibilities that the government actually does have according to the constitution which is to safeguard your civil your civil liberties your rights your right to not be beat up to not have your shit set on fire to have it stolen to have your car stopped all that stuff and it's just a very fundamental thing and every governor should come out and say look you can peacefully protest but the minute you step over that line we are going to crash your skull we're going to smash it up right and Nobody's doing that because apparently it's part. It's I mean, how does it how do we get to a place where it's a partisan political issue to keep the streets safe? Well, it seemed like what happened in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, would be a good way to follow. So they had this false narrative that went out right away. The cops released that body cam footage very quickly, or I believe the police did. Somebody did within a matter of hours that showed exactly what that guy tried to do to this police officer. The cops were there. They were not putting up with any bullshit. Um, set million dollar bail. I know that they reduced it, but it, it seemed like that was, if you had to look at every police incident over the past year or so, that seemed like the best way to approach it. Yeah, I think you're right. The only downside or problem with that is, you know, they need to be careful what they release just because <clears throat> of liability issues. Mm -hmm. You know, right. like, I mean, I, th I think all the cops should have body cams. I always have. It, it doesn't seem like an expensive to uh, it, it doesn't seem like it it costs more than it, it the value of it. And it's to protect the police officer as much as it is to protect the citizen against police abuse, especially in this climate when everybody is like a fucking Cecil D. DeMille with their iPhone, you know, live streaming <laughs> everything. Right. And, you know, in a lot of cases, editing things so that they look very, you know, particular. Everyone's like a Zabruder, right? Everything's a Zabruder film <laughs> frame by frame, you know, back end of the left, back end of the left, you know, it, it's, it's, it, the, but you're right. The police need to do a better job um, knowing that they are they are in the they are in the sights of the left and they need to be ready to produce video that will, um, you know, clear them. And honestly, they should release some of the video of the people screaming at them when they're holding the line and you have these these brats, these purple haired fat brats. Soy, right. soy boys and 
Pat from Saturday Night Live with the gender thing screaming horrible things at these cops. They should release that. Let everybody see what they put up with all day long. Um, well, so speaking of people who aren't being <laughs> held accountable <laughs> and the non-peaceful transfer of power and um, lawlessness, grift, etc., can we move right into um, what I call the wolf of Washington? <laughs> okay, let's the go. Jordan, the Jordan Belfort of the Beltway who is Hunter Biden. What a character this guy is. He's such a, he really would make a perfect like main character in a movie. Um, well, wait, didn't like he, in the 80s. isn't he in LA right now? And didn't he, isn't he pretending to be an artist or something? Like that I was thought, that one New Yorker profile. I thought he's, isn't he in court right now? Isn't there like another child support Baby hearing? Mama. No, but I think there's actually like a currently some another legal dispute between one of his ladies on the poll. I seriously wonder how many kids he really has. Well, because he's got the Biden name and apparently quite a bit of money, um, you know, I would think the women <laughs> yeah. would come forward. It would be worth their while. I mean, we know he's got at least four million dollars. <laughs> and I mean, he's he wasn't a bad looking guy until he got some kind of face work done. Did you see like the comparisons between when he spoke at the DNC and like a few years ago? He had. No. Yeah, he had something done anyway. Well, also, you know, uh, when you do a lot of coke, it like rots out your <laughs> nasal, like your nostrils. I just heard this. I don't know anything about it, but no. I heard that it rot, you know, it can really mess up your nose. And so you've seen those pictures of people on meth, right? Like before and after those right. that go around. I their mean, teeth are rotted you know, out. And, yeah. He's got the money, you know. Look, any guy who bangs his a dead brother's widow, there is something you're, you are a demented human being. Yeah, that is, he has a real, like he is really the black sheep of the family. I mean, but is he? Well, I, well, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough, Julie. I, I mean, I mean a black sheep in the sense that a lot of people do crooked things but they seem good and you know they seem like they're good and legit and this guy is just like kicked out wasn't he kicked out of the military for drugs yes he was and you know what I didn't realize till I started looking I was wrote my article for today he was kicked he got some kind of waiver he went into the navy when he was like 43 he got some kind of a waiver Shut because up. Yes, this is legit because daddy's probably like, I'm done with you. You are so messed up. I'm getting you into the Navy. That's the only hope that you have. Or they were trying to hide him there because he was already knee deep in this Rosemont Seneca deal that he set up in 2009. So maybe they were trying to hide him in the Navy. So he's 43 when he goes to the Navy. He got kicked out in 2014. And then a few months later was hired by Barisma as a lobbyist, I mean, or a board member. This all happened at the same time. Or he was hired as a human shield. <laughs> That's really what his job was, wasn't it? He was a human Hoover. 
he just hoovered up all the cash. That just like he, he hoovered up daddy. the coke. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. So let's get into this long-awaited report. Of course, the Republicans, if they do anything right, it is wait until it's way too late to come forward with damaging information about their political opponents. So um, Ron Johnson and uh, Chuck Grassley, their two committees were looking into all of Hunter Biden's uh, business dealings overseas. Uh, gigs. And so they released an 87 page report on Wednesday that really is pretty shocking in its scope and detail about what Hunter Biden, other members of the Biden family were doing. Uh, certainly Joe Biden was aware of it, even though he denies it. But here's one quote before we get into some of the details that jumped out at me. The Treasury records acquired by the chairman show potential criminal activity relating to transactions among and between Hunter Biden, his family and his associates with Ukrainian, Russian, Kazakh and Chinese nationals. Yeah. I mean, no big deal. Right. Normal. Typical. So this goes way beyond Burisma. This gets into. As we know now, taking a $3.5 million wire transfer from the, I guess, Russia's only woman who's a billionaire, who is the late, uh, who is the wife of the late mayor of Moscow. Apparently, that doesn't count for any kind of collusion, even though the wire transfer took place in February of 2014, as Daddy was planning to run for president in 2016, which of course he did it. Wow. And then it, all it says is consultancy agreement. So it's not really sure what that $3.5 million transfer is, which is getting a lot of attention, but that's not the only money that this woman, um, her name is Elena Bautarina. Um, she also sent another 11 wire transfers totaling, um, excuse me, nine wire transfers totaling $240,000 also sent to Rosemont Seneca in 2015. And they were all listed as loan agreements. So we're not really sure what that's all about. It's just, it's so outrageous. (laughs) It's so, it's so outrageous. That and just amazing that this is just being ignored. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just know. And the, the chi- details well, are outrageous. No, they really are. And I really because I was focused on the Ukrainian aspect, which we will talk about in a minute. But I mean, he was knee deep when people are talking about the money that he made in China uh, people related to the uh, Chinese Communist Party. um in businesses that posed a national security threat. Also, James Biden was involved, uh, Joe Biden's brother. There's also his, uh, uh, James Biden's wife, so Joe Biden's sister-in-law. So the entire family, they're just, they're like, they're mobsters. I mean, that that's what, that's yeah. what they are. Because let's face it, Joe Biden really has no talents, right? He's not a smart guy. He's basically gotten everything wrong in his 40 some odd years in politics, not the least of which is supporting every failed foreign war that we've engaged in since at least the 
past two decades. Um, he's not really bright. He's charming. And I guess, you know, back in the day, he could wheel and deal and schmooze both sides and try to get something right. But even Barack Obama, if you read some of the books about the Biden, uh, Obama Biden years, I mean, Obama really a lot of times, and I'm no Obama fan at all, that's putting it mildly, would just kind of like roll his eyes or grit his teeth and, okay, let Joe do his little riff. And then they'd be like, okay, now back to the grown up table. Let's talk. So he just charmed his way. So that's why I think Obama was like, okay, Joe, you go deal with Ukraine. You know, get out of here. Honestly, this is a town full of bluster and, you know, vacuous people fronting like they're, you know, using their charm and their smoothness to get in places. And I'm sure, you know, it's kind of like when your parent gives you busy work. Right. Right? When they're like, you go make sure that all the silverware is facing the right direction. Like just some <laughs> task like that. That's what is go, go deal with the Ukraine, Joe. So, and that is one thing that I think people tend to overlook is when Hunter Biden, and we can get into this a little bit. So Hunter Biden is appointed to the so-called board of Burisma, which he was a lobbyist for Burisma, but in order to avoid any kind of foreign agent, registration act violations, which only Republicans seem to be ensnared in. He was put on the board. So he uh, and Devin Archer, according to this report, raked in about $4 million from Burisma. But this was at the same time that the owner, Zofchewski, was under investigation in both the U.S. and the U.K. for money laundering. They had frozen uh, $23 million of his assets. And so he did what every corrupt foreign oligarch should do, and that is hire someone tied to the Democratic Party in the United States such as like Glenn Simpson did and some other people to get them out of trouble. So that's basically what happened here. But at the same time, Joe Biden was in the Ukraine a number of times. This was after whatever they call it, the revolution of dignity or some made up word. Yeah. And he's out. He is in Ukraine, as we know, um, giving out USAID. We're talking about billions of dollars in our tax money. Also partially to build Ukraine's energy infrastructure to export gas. Burisma is the country's largest energy energy producer. So we're basically helping Burisma under the guise of building up Ukraine's infrastructure, develop an energy infrastructure that directly benefits Burisma and Zlachowski, Zlachowski, however you say his name, Zlachowski. Um, so they were all in this together. But here's what's really, and this is in my piece at amgreatness.com. Um, George Kent, who we will all remember, the bow-tied little squirrely guy who was one of the key witnesses in impeachment, he gave quite a different, he sang quite a different song to Senate Republican investigators this summer than what he told the public in November. If you will recall his public testimony to Adam Schiff's committee, George Kent was very he he talked about some bribery schemes that Burisma was involved in. He kind of talked a little bit about the conflict of interest, that there was a perception 
of a possibility of a conflict of interest. But what he told Johnson and Grassley's committee was quite different. And George Kent was working behind the scenes in 2014, apparently was very upset with after he learned about Hunter Biden's board appointment to Burisma. He contacted the vice president's office directly and said he didn't say this publicly in November. He said it behind closed doors that he advised the vice president's office that Hunter Biden should step down from the board of Burisma. He told them this in early 2015 after he found out. Not only that, Liz, George Kent also reached out to the State Department in a number of emails as late as 2016, sounding the alarm about uh, Hunter Biden's, uh, you know, illicit association with this corrupt oligarch and this corrupt energy company. And that fell on deaf ears. What we also learned in this report is that the bribe that Zovchesky gave to um, uh, the Ukrainian prosecutor general, which in your next life, you want to come back as the Ukrainian prosecutor general, because apparently (laughs) that is the one job that has to be the most powerful job in the world because they go through like one every year. And I think they're just bought off with so many bribes, either from corrupt businessmen or U.S. tax dollars that they just go off and then into the sunset and go hide out somewhere like in the Alps and are never heard of again. So Zlovchesky bribed the Ukrainian prosecutor general who was looking into Burisma in 2014 with a $7 million bribe. George Kemp became aware of this. And apparently they alerted, it says a Justice Department official in Ukraine, alerted Jim Comey's FBI about this bribe. (laughs) Um, And right. So this is new. So but Liz, imagine if George Kemp would have told the House Intelligence Committee all of this in November of 2019. Imagine if we knew then what we know now, what George Kent and his emails and his pleas to State Department vice president that it was referred to the FBI, that they did nothing, that they continue to allow Hunter Biden to serve, to rake in four million dollars over the course of four or five years. He would never say that. The Democrats never frack, right? They never their troop. They never stray from their pack, right? They don't have a Collins or a Murkowski or a McCain or a Cindy McCain, you know, or Jeff Flake or any of these people. They never, they never have these people. They um, don't. George we find Kent, about it too late. George Kent knew exactly what was up. And I'm sure that he told the truth in secret because he did want to cover his ass, you know, he did want to cover his ass technically, but he would never come out and, and, and do that to Biden because they don't do that. That's just our idiots do that. I don't even mean our, but it's infuriating. It's infuriating. And it's infuriating that, that our, our congressman who, who cross-examined him didn't know to ask because how could they know? Well, or why didn't again? So the house intelligence committee gets backdoor depositions then drags these people out for political theater so they did it in house intelligence they did it in house judiciary our people don't do that right so why didn't ron johnson as soon as he knew of course the covid thing shut everything down but we haven't had these monkey trials these public monkey trials at all lindsey graham all of the everything that's been promised they're never held publicly accountable 
they could have really embarrassed the shit out of George Kent and been like, but this is what you said back then. These are the emails we have. Explain the the difference. But it, it it's yeah. too late, probably to your point. Just it's just. One more little tidbit from the Hunter Biden report is that Hunter Biden, this is directly quoting, paid non-resident women who are nationals of Russia or other Eastern European countries and who who appear to be linked to an Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking ring. Yeah, that's great. That sounds great. I mean, this is like, (laughs) but and it's the, the, it's outrageous. And it's also that nothing is going to happen about it. Yeah. Right. It's it's both outrageous that that somebody felt so comfortable that they could behave like this when they're in such a spotlight. You know, um, in general, these filthy weasel politicians are usually a little better at hiding their grift. You know, I'm not saying they're all grifters, but they're h- better at hiding it. This is so brazen and so reckless. And to think that you can do that. I mean, that that's equally as astonishing as what he did. Well, um, on that note, there's a little tiny bit of glimmer of hope that the racket that is the Democratic Party might um, be held quasi uh, accountable. And that is a breaking New York Times report, which we always know when Adam Goldman. Yeah. <laughs> the scribe at. um the New York Times comes up with something. He's out in front of something to give it its spin, right? So he has an article up today that talks about a politically motivated investigation, meaning John Durham's investigation into the origins of Crossfire Hurricane, et cetera, et cetera, um, about kind of giving us an, uh, what would you call this? A, a flag, a tip off that something's happening? Yeah, yeah. I would say a leak or something like a... So they always give it to him so he has a heads up so he can put his flair on it. Um, but there is some – this is – this. I I was shocked to hear this, if it's true, is that John Durham is now uh, sweeping up parts of John Hoover's, I guess, not. I don't want to say failed investigation, but his investigation into the investigation of the Clinton Foundation – So this New York Times report out today says that John Durham's team has sought information about the FBI's handling of the Clinton Foundation investigation, raising questions about the scope of the prosecutor's review. Yeah. Well, that that ought to have people pissing their diapers right now. Who's not tied to the Clinton Foundation? Everybody. That's the funniest thing, right? So amid all of this bullshit about the Russia hoax and then the Ukraine call and, you know, the the as Lee Smith calls it, the perpetual coup, right? Mm-hmm. You right. have in plain sight countries paying exorbitant amount of money to the Clinton Foundation because they expect her to be the president of the United States. In return for what? What do you think they think they're getting? And again just ignored, not a big deal, old news, as the media would say. Um, so, yeah, that um, that ought to be uh, interesting findings there. I hope he makes a trip to Haiti. Oh, that would be a funny leak. Oh, well, we saw it, Durham got on a plane. He's going to <laughs> going to uh, Haiti or Duvalier International Airport. Or I can't remember the airport there, but. Um, it does look like, though, there it, 
from this article that they are looking into the uranium uranium, uranium one, one deal. Yeah. Yes. So that would be this. This would be an interesting little twist and would give, I think, some of us who have been impatiently waiting for anything out of John Durham to think that this investigation is that wide reaching, that it would finally get to the Clinton's front door and not just the Clintons, all the people, all the board members on the Clinton Foundation, all the donors, um, all the people who benefited from the Clinton Foundation. This, I mean, I can't even imagine how, uh, you know, where that web would lead John Durham. So that was well, he, a little Trump good will need to get another ter- another four years for him to fully wrap up that, you know, fully do a comprehensive uh, investigation on that operation so well, make so much think, grift don't you think this is a huge one of the driving reasons why they want trump out is oh my to god shut that down. was what they that's what happened with um the phone call to the when when trump was on the phone with the ukraine prime minister and said you need to look into the corruption how many people were implicated in the bulls and the, in the shit going on with um hunter biden right. and joe biden turning his waist his, his the what his his you know, looking away since he did know because he was notified several times that people were concerned about this, how how filthy, dirty it looked that his kid was meddling with some, uh, you know, corrupt and dictatorial regimes. Um, and so a lot of people I mean, that's 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 the interesting thing about the dirt state. You know, there's people that have an interest in the status quo, but a lot of these people are, in fact, acting to cover their asses. Right. Because that's right. It, it, it isn't just that they want to keep the uh, what was it? The interagency consensus. It's also <laughs> that they don't want to go to fucking jail because, you know, because, that's it. because they're involved in some really sketchy shit. So that's one reason why we we see so much like, you know, coordination and action, whereas on the right, we're just like derpity derp derp derp. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write another letter. <laughs> I'm just tweeted out <laughs> words. I'm effective. Um, that kind of shit. So we have one more thing to talk about, which is. Oh, no, we do. Peaceful transfer of power. Do we talk about how Trump? Oh, we did at the beginning. Oh, my God. I'm senior. I'm having a senior <laughs> moment. Oh, my God. Liz, Talk well, it has getting everything is a circular, Julie. It all goes back to the start. Hey, remember when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died? Doesn't that seem like five years ago it already? Does. You know, the news cycle is so intense that things like can you remember yes. what the hot story was on Monday? It was it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Well, she died on Friday right. and she's lying in state right now. Which is odd because Jewish people have to be buried immediately, um, 24 hours, because we don't embalm. So into the ground, you go very quickly. But whatever. And then all of the lovely people, fans of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, were booing and hissing and shouting obscenities at Trump when he went to go pay respects. I mean, I don't know if you saw that video. They're They're just classy, you know. When 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 they go low, they go lower. I mean, just at a at a event like that, you know. Well, and for those of us in flyover country, I mean, I know I'm in a blue state, but you're in D.C. Normal people see that and they are repulsed. They think it's even disgusting. if they 
even if they don't like Donald Trump, which you don't have to, you're still the president standing there with his wife trying to honor a woman who hated him, who legitimately sat on her deathbed, basically made sure that asshole didn't. I think she did. I don't think she she did. did. Really? We can talk about that. Finish your thought and then we'll get back to that. So, Uh, yes. Being classy, I mean, Barack Obama didn't bother going to Scalia's funeral. You know, he had to go golf or he had to go set up Mike Flynn or whatever he was doing that day. So he he has to. So here is your exam meeting. Can't go on the agenda. (laughs) Someone get Stefan Helper on the phone, please. It's POTUS. Um, So. Here he is being a gracious man with his wife by his side, doing the right thing, not for him, for the country. And here are these disgusting beltway bureaucrats, probably all making six figures with big federal pensions out there booing. And all that says to the rest of the country is the people who run your government hate you. That's what that says. Well, what it really, I mean, and another thing, my takeaway is that the people that run these bureaucrats, the derp state, the perpetual, you know, um, the, the industry of government, they have no respect for the institutions and the 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 pomp and circumstance of of our and traditions of our of our government, you know. Whether or not you liked Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she was very important in our history. She sat on the Supreme Court. She was Supreme Court justice. You know, that, and it's for the same reason that these barbarians can't call President Trump the president, you know, or they don't go to the inauguration or they don't go to the State of the Union. You right. know, there are rituals, there are structures, and these are these institutions. And the important thing are the institutions, not necessarily the individual that is occupying those offices for a finite amount of time, but it's the structures and institutions that are so important. And they have absolutely no respect for any of them, which makes it very easy to believe that there has been a perpetual coup launched against this president because they don't like him. Now, let's go back to why I don't think RBJ said that on her deathbed. Okay. First of all, it's just, come on. Second, second of all, if she really said that she could have had her office release a statement. She knew she was dying. You know, mm-hmm. she knew she was dying. She knew, you know, the White House knew they had advance notice that, you know, that TikTok, you know, the, the, the end was near. If she really felt like that, she could have had one of her clerks or she could have had it come out of her office and 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 say that. But the fact that she had her politically active granddaughter say that it's just too much. It's like, come on, man. To quote the great Joe Biden. Look at you being all optimistic. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, like one nation under the flag. You know the thing. You know the thing. <laughs> you know the thing. Oh, wait, hold on. Can you turn up my teleprompter? Did you see that dude's teleprompter? No. It is like, okay. So oh, wait, for- with the big letters on it? So it's the size of a big screen TV, <laughs> but it has like two words at a time on it. Like, oh no God. wonder he said 200 million people were going to be killed by the he time. You know he was what at- came next after 200, <laughs> right? Like 200, the, ma, the, which, which one? Make the next word go faster. Um, That never got fact checked, by the way. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I'm laughing. <laughs> All right. I take a break. While I- teleprompter is like the first letter on the eye chart. In the eye doctors, the big E, 
never going to get fact checked because, you know, that's just Joe. That's just our that's Joe. just Joe. Just he's so – someone tried to tell me it's because he stutters. And I'm like, that is not – Yeah, that, that... – That's not a stutter. Look, he's just debate prepping today. That's what all the journos are saying. Like, Dude, why he's are you in surprised? a fucking pod right now, and they're probably giving him a blood transfusion. <laughs> Don't you think? Or they're giving him, like, plasma or b- baby stem cells. <laughs> What is the stuff? I don't know. I I I don't take any pills. I'm totally straight up like just give me wine and vodka person. But what is like what are the stimulant drugs that people take? Oh, like they would give him like a B12 shot. They probably give him Provigil, which is um like an alertness drug. They give it to pilots in the military. All right, that's what it is. Provigil. Okay. That's a big one. A lot of biohackers use that. <clears throat> I think Ace like pill milled it out of one of his quote doctors. He got some to try it. Well, that's a long story. But um, yeah, I want to so, hear that someday. Yes. With something like that, like he would maybe it could he could get Adderall. Um, right. That's it. Whatever the Adderall. Also, are. you know what? Hunter set him up with some Coke. Eh. Right. <laughs> Hunter's got it covered. Dad, trust me, this works best of all. There's, and you could sniff it right off yeah. of a hooker's. But, you know, the problem is that you that there's a very delicate balance of getting that cocktail right. You know, you you don't want him to, to, to either, well, one, have a heart attack. You know, he isn't in the greatest health. He has AFib. So if you're going to pump him full of cocaine, <laughs> right. just, you're just going to, his heart's going to explode. We don't, we don't, you know, you don't want that. He's also had a couple of strokes, right? That's right. He's so had some brain issues. It's kind of a tough, a tough balance uh, to, 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 to get that right. But, you know, it just seems bizarre in such an allegedly important race and, in a close race, the race is close, especially in the mm-hmm. battleground states. Yep. And then to just check out of like almost half of all the campaign days. Today, Trump is going to two states, two yeah. states. He's going to be in Florida and he's going to be in North Carolina. Trump, yeah. two states. So, yeah. and then, and also the Cruella DeVille, Kamala, 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 whatever, Harris, where's she? Why are you so racist? It's Why can't true. you say her name right? Yeah, it is racist. Do you Cam- hate Indian slash Jamaican women? <laughs> Cam- Cammy, Cammy, Kamala, Kamala, whatever. Well, I like Ace's nickname, but we won't say that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we can. What, what is it? I don't know. Remind me. Camel toe. Oh, right. Yeah. It? Okay. Well, whatever she is. Where's she? She should be out there, right? She could be moving around and, you know taking the lead instead i don't where is she where's jill biden did she recover from that um car parade that happened all three the one with three cars (laughs) that was a barn burner wasn't it they have their own parades at when the sun goes down and they bring out the antifa flags that's the real the real biden rallies every night baby how are we living in this world right now it's we, truly like a dystopian. A total we don't even dystopian. talk about COVID anymore. You and me, that used to be it. We like, we're too busy to even talk about that, which Has is. Has there been any, like, we've suspended the COVID um, 
precautions in the name of of funerals and rallies and riots. So it, it's I think I think people are getting kind of sick of it, to be honest with you. I mean, we've discussed this before, but if this was as dangerous as they said it was, they would not allow people in the streets like that. Right. right. So. All right. Before we sign off, what is um, what's your over under? What's the likelihood that Joe Biden is going to actually show up for a debate Tuesday night? I don't know. I mean, it's too close now. Like if he had an excuse, don't you think we'd already have it? No, so, I don't well, know. Maybe you... not. He's telling people that isn't he saying that he's prepping? So. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, like, what do you think? um, What do you how do you think he's going to perform? Like, assuming he does go, it happens because it's going to happen Tuesday. Do you think he's going to do a good job? Do you think he's going to outperform? Do you think he's going to just fucking have a flashback to like a long time ago and just start talking gibberish? What do you think? I mean, I think that. I still think there's a strong chance that they will come up with an excuse why he cannot attend. I think it's a really bad sign. Uh, All of his appearances in the past week, each one gets worse and worse. Um, So he hasn't had an appearance today. I don't know if he has any events scheduled for the weekend. Um, But so I still think there's a likelihood he won't show. If he does, I just don't see any scenario where he is cogent enough and clear headed enough to take on Donald Trump because, you know, Trump is going to goad him and provoke him. And you saw before Biden was sequestered to his basement, what happened when he was confronted by journalists or your average voter. I mean, he was like he was about ready to, to start pouncing on people. I mean, he was threatening people like he was calling them fat. He was getting like pointing in the face of reporters. So if Trump is smart, he will goad Biden into some kind of breakdown on stage, which I, would I, be outstanding. I think um, it would be good for Trump at some point to be like, hey, Joe, are, are you OK? You know, right. like um, I'm wondering, do you think that there'll be like a lot of coughing, right? Like he'll cough maybe or. Um, yeah, I just, I gotta tell you, I just don't know what to think about this. I'm just kind of a neutral spectator. You know, I'm, I I have no, I have no prediction. This just could go so many ways. And I, I'm worried because most people have been protected from a lot of his gaffes and his sort of very low energy to steal another nickname. Um, appearances but what do you think about but a lot what what if he does really well I mean do you think that's a possibility well I think the bar is so low for him to do well that if he holds his own I I guess he it'll be passable um I mean Trump I think has to be prepared for exactly what you're talking about that somehow you know the old Joe Biden from a few years ago shows up on stage and he's very focused and he's been very programmed with what he has to say. So Trump needs to be on his game and I hope that he is preparing and his team is preparing, but Trump has to be on the offense. Joe Biden has a long, right. uh, sketchy mm-hmm. history. 
If I were him, I would hit him on China. I would hit him on supporting the Afghan and Iraq wars and every single failed war overseas, which I think was one reason why also, people get him on the record, get him on the record about all of these issues that are in front of us right now. Yeah. Deep that on he's the, right. on. What right. about the war on cops? What are right. you on fracking? Um, you know, what do you, what do you, the think? green new deal? I mean, yeah, get, whole, get him right. on the record for all these issues that the media is asking him, like, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Or, you know, not why'd your son get a $3.5 million wire from the wife of, you know, from the Moscow yeah. mayor, who's a, you know, an all Russian oligarch. Um, but I mean, who might, he might bring that out too, but you're, there are so many really important <clears throat> issues um, that he needs to be called out on. And, you know, Chris Wallace is yeah. the moderator. Um, he's a dick. Um, yeah, I don't know, but he's also refused Chris Wallace's repeated request to go on his show. Yeah. Well, Chris Wallace can be a tough interview. The mm -hmm. question is, I don't even care if he's a tough interview, as long as he's tough on both, both of them, you know, as long as he's even about it. I mean, we do want to see a tough, <clears throat> a tough yes. debate. The people are entitled to getting, you know, right at right. You know, the, these issues discussed in front of the audience before they vote. But I hope it is a tough, it is tough. And he doesn't, you know, throw Biden in softballs and then not correct, you know, like, and let, let Biden get away with disinformation where That's he right. calls Trump on it. That's the biggest problem is that there's no correction where nobody says like that. Was it that one video that came out where the guy kept pushing him about his son saying, you mean, you don't, you didn't think this looked really mm -hmm. weird. You didn't know what your son was doing. Like, he kept pushing Biden on that. He's like, oh, come on, man. You know, that typical <laughs> shit. Oh, of course you're asking. <laughs> no, I trust him. You know, that kind of shit. That, that's what needs to happen is he needs to just keep being pushed. And I do think Chris Wallace is capable of it. I don't know the other two. I'm skeptical about them. But, I mean, I've seen Chris Wallace be a dick. So. Well, and I do think Trump will be prepared to deal with Chris Wallace. I also think um, Trump really needs to push back on Biden's claims about coronavirus, because in every poll, Biden is way ahead in how they think he would handle coronavirus lockdowns. I think he really needs to set the record straight on Joe Biden's opposition to the uh, China flight ban. He never mentioned mentioned it <clears throat> for months. Uh, he has no plan of specifically what he would have done differently. Right. That's so someone needs to say, what would you exactly what would you have done differently? And also, where does he have the authority to force the states to do all the things he's mad that Trump hasn't forced them to do? Right. That's right. And so I think he really needs to hit Biden. If I were going to pick an issue out of everything we've just talked about, I do think he needs to confront Biden on coronavirus, because that does seem to be a weak spot for Trump. Um, and Biden does not have any kind of record. He could say everything that he wants about social distancing and masks. Well, Trump did all of that. Uh, Trump, uh, unfortunately, listened to the experts. That's why we are where we are. But also both Biden and Harris saying that they would support another lockdown. Uh, if that was required and his backtracking on a national mask mandate. So I would like to see the president confront Biden number one on that. Right. And also <clears throat> there has been so much hate made about like Trump doesn't take this seriously and he's not doing it. And really you got to put Biden has got to get put on the spot. 
with specifically how can we open schools, right? Like what would you do that would make it, that would make us, that would allow us to open schools safely? Oh, and also, and what would you do about shutting the entire economy down again as if that helped, which it didn't. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And by the time we're with you again for our hour of hate or love, whatever rage. you want to call it, rage, um, this will have happened or not, right? Well, we'll know or not. The, our next episode of Happy Hour, we will, we, we will, we will probably have a lot to talk about. Who knows how many cities will even be left standing? <laughs> <You know? laughs> we could be a republic of like forty states. I don't know. We I could be recording from the ashes of the Antifa BLM ashes Wouldn't of our it be local. Funny if Trump made a joke like I think we should give California to Russia or something in the debate just to set people <laughs> off. It would be funny. <laughs> our wishful thinking. So thank you for joining us. We will see you next Friday. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.